Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And you know I'm still positive, Chuck Mockler. You gotta be, man. You have to That be. was a heck of a game of ball. Oh, there were some frustrating times, but there was some good stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, in case you didn't know, we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. We yes. bring you Clippers news five days a week. Mm -hmm. When can they listen? Seven in the morning. Also, big shout out to all the, the Schadenfreude listeners, the Utah Jazz listeners who don't usually listen. Welcome. We hope this is a, hope this is a good time. Yeah, hope you can see the other side. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, kicking things off, we're going to talk about the Clippers' 112-109 to loss to the Utah Jazz. Yes. Uh, look, I mean, there's some stuff we didn't like, given. There was some encouraging things. There's also some sort of anomalies that I feel like... This was a we this was as weird of a game as we all thought it was going to be, I think. Yeah, could swing either way. Uh, so... Can't wait to get into that. Oh, yeah. And then it's What You Say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday, we uh, put out a poll on Twitter that's at Locked On Clips. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This one is Do you think the Clippers will beat the Jazz in round two? And if so, how many games do you think they get it done in? Yes. Uh, really excited to get into people's responses on that. And then in shavings, What's going on with the Terrence Mann hate? Dude, I turn off his Oof, Instagram. Account. I don't know. It's not good out there. Uh, we got to talk about that. And also, what the hell is the MVP voting? Let's be done with it. <laughs> I think we should just abolish the MVP. This isn't about Jokic. This is about someone who got some periphery votes, but we'll dive all in. Absolutely. No, we're, we're pro-Jokic MVP. Anyways, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so the Clippers lost uh, 112-109 versus the Jazz in Utah. There was no Mike Conley in this game. This was a weird game. This game had false hope, I think, for part of it, if I'm being totally honest. Well, it was a weird start. I mean, things looked really smooth for the Clippers, but at the same time, I mean, the Jazz only put up 18 points in that first quarter. I mean, you couldn't the Jazz expect that. 20 shots in a row at one point. Yeah, you, you um, couldn't expect that. And Kawhi maintain. and PG were bad in the first half. Like, there were so many weird things to happen in this game that for it to be a three-point game on the road with the chance for the Clippers to tie late, if you watch the game, once you take a step back, I feel like it's, I don't know if miraculous is the right word, but... I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot worse ways to lose a game one. Absolutely. Um, after everything that happened, playing on Sunday. Yeah. You no, know. I, I mean, all things considered, I mean, this, like I said up top, I mean, this was a great game to watch. It was very tense. Again, big uh, salute to the neutral fan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, what a great time. Uh, but anyways, I want to kind of close this segment out on the positive. So let's let's kind of talk about what we didn't like. For sure. To start this one. Um, There's a big problem for the Clippers. What do you got? There's a big tangible problem for the Clippers. Are we talking the guard rotation? It's coupled with that. There's a serious who guards Donovan Mitchell problem. Yes. Um, Kennard was on the floor late, and that matchup got hunted. Does Pat Beverly played six minutes in this game? He didn't play at all in the second half. I don't think that he's fully healthy, if that's the case. He he's missed, been effective at slowing Mitchell down. Yeah, he missed all three season. of his shots, so like he's maybe not right there, but maybe it's Terrence Mann. I mean, he torched the Clippers tonight. Um, yeah, 40, absolutely. 45? I, yeah, he had 45. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of... It was interesting to me that Mann didn't maybe get a little bit more run. Um, the Rondo minutes to me... I this mean, is So this is what I was talking about with the guard rotation situation. 
Rondo was... He led the team in assists, only two turnovers, but both turnovers... The first turnover was like the ugliest turnover you could have. He just wasn't game. making good decisions. Like yeah. It's not even stat stuff that I'm worried about. It's stuff where it's like things he's supposed to be good at. He he like was hesitant. He didn't take a couple layups when they were there. He didn't make the Rondo plays that you have Rondo make, right? Like I don't I think he can still bounce back, but there were times when he was really hurting the Clippers on the court. So this is this is the biggest question for the Clippers going forward. Yeah, yeah. And like we said, I mean, I don't know, it's we, it, the Pat Bev situation is going to be something to monitor moving forward. It was, I mean, his first game back in the rotation. Um but, you know, at this point, you know, he's had an extra, I mean, almost two weeks to rest. So you would, you know, you would think he'd be, you'd think he'd be good to go if he was good to go in the last series. Correct. You would think that. Uh, so I don't know. I, another thing that was rough, and he did pull <laughs> it together in the fourth, so I don't want to like completely dump on it. But man, Paul George was absent for three quarters of this game. Dude. Okay, so let's let's talk about the fourth real quick. What he, he had thirteen points in the fourth, wildly efficient, helped yeah. the Clippers out a lot. When, yes. you know, Clippers could have rolled over in this one, which we're going to talk about. What Turn, we I mean, he completely turned around his he, he completely saved his three point shooting average in the fourth. Yes, but you're right. Like four of seventeen from the floor. There was a closeout that, in name only, was it a closeout? And no. if you watch the game, people know what I'm talking about. I think. Yeah, and he wasn't like he wasn't fighting through screens. He wasn't like. Look, I mean, the thing about Paul George is like, you know, every player who is offensively good is, is going to have their ups and downs. Although with Paul George, it sometimes seems like more downs. Uh, <laughs> however, like, he usually brings it defensively. And I didn't feel like we were even getting that from him. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I would have liked the urgency from him to... Maybe from a tip. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and like to and to guard the pain a little bit more, especially in that third when Donovan Mitchell went on a personal 10-0 run, like... Uh, I mean, come on, man. You got to be putting pressure out there. And I know that, like, he's not the guy who's going to stop Mitchell, but, like, you right. got to make it more difficult than it was. At 100%. Times. Let's talk about Marcus Morris, and then let's talk about fatigue, and then let's talk about these damn refs. Okay. All right. So, Marcus Morris was rough. I mean, there's just no way around it. He shot 29% from the floor, 11% from three. Uh, he had a shot to tie it up, and I don't know if we should have taken the timeout. I don't know if I want the Utah Jazz defense to get set in that scenario. You know what I mean? I like, mean, we ran a brilliant ATO that led to a dunk. So hey, <laughs> for sure. Like if you if you missed the game, the Clippers had I don't want to say a good chance, at least an opportunity to bring the ball up and try and get a game tying shot off. Got blocked by Gobert, and I really think it, I think more I think Mook was exhausted. I think the other thing too was like it. I mean, I think fatigue was definitely a factor. Like it took. A minute to get the ball up the court. Yeah, and I think you yeah. would have rather just like called the timeout, just get guys set, and for sure. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, and you know, also credit to Gobert because I mean he I you know I thought that Morris like he moved out of the way uh, of Go, of Gobert closing out on him, and I I thought that he had avoided him, but yeah. Gobert recovered brilliantly and the long front shot. You know, um, the officiating was. Are talking about fatigue. Fatigue, very real thing. I blame the league office for this 100%. Um, I'm hoping... Hey, man, that, that's kind of what happens when you... That's when true. A, when a first-round series goes to seven. That's true. Um, let's hope they... And I'm, you're the only series that does it. I think Joseph Rye Ward tweeted out that he hopes that the, the Clippers Wednesday is full of massages and rest. And I agree 100%. Yeah, definitely. Right. And then the last thing, this 
refereeing crew. If you're a Jazz fan and you're listening, if you're a fan of any other team and you watch this game, you can't think that the league is in good hands if these are the refs ref and playoff games. Yeah, it, everything it, was getting called. Mook got a tech. Like they were calling. There's a lane violation at one point. Dude, like, like no man. It like Gobert was kind of getting weirdly beat. It was going both ways, um, which is why it was so frustrating. But this was. This was a horribly called game of basketball. Yeah, they got to do better. Yeah. All right, let's get into what we liked about the Clippers in this loss because there were some good things to to come away from. Let's start with Mr. Ohio himself. Mr. Ohio himself, Luke Kennard, effective early. Yes. Uh, seven of nine from the floor. He had 18 points. He was the third leading scorer on the team. He was the leading scorer for the Clippers at half. Oof. This is the kind of game it was. The Clippers were up. We were up by like 13 at one point. Like, Kennard was the leading scorer. Um, his shooting was much needed in the beginning. Boogie Cousins was Rudy Gobert's kryptonite for a couple minutes. Yeah. He had a strip and then got the transition layup. He hit a three and made absolutely no sense. Um, Ty kind of went away from the... Like, Ty Lue played 11 different guys. Yeah, so this was interesting to me in that, like... I, I get that he was trying stuff out. It just didn't feel like... if. I just think given the series that we just got out of, we've seen more effective lineups. Right. And, like, why wouldn't you test more time with those? You know, like, why wouldn't Agreed. you test more time with, with man out there? Or, yeah. Um, you know, something... Because long-term-wise, who's getting more run in the playoffs? Yeah, and, and <laughs> maybe and, and maybe this is another thing that ties into the fatigue. You know, it, it was uh, strategic to, to help keep some of the guys' minutes low. Um you know, I think Batum didn't even crack 30 in this one. He was at, like, 22 minutes or something. He was exhausted, something. too, dude. Um, he looked he, tired from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fatigue was definitely... And this, we know, so. when we're talking about guys being fatigued, this is no disrespect. They played a game seven on Sunday. You're going to be tired. I mean, given that situation, too, you got to love the resolve when down 10. Exactly. This could have been so much worse. And <laughs> I know this isn't an encouraging loss. I'm not saying it like that. But we were within one shot. Yeah. One shot of tying it up. Yeah. It was, a one, like, it was a one-possession game after a lot had gone wrong. Yeah. Um, and, like, weirdly, a lot had gone right. This was such a goofy game. It's funny because I think this game, honestly, Jazz fans are walking away from this game saying, we missed 20 shots in a row at one point, and we won. And Clippers fans are walking away being like, Boogie was getting substantial minutes, and we were still within one possession. Like, there's... I don't know how much was figured out from this game. This, so that's the thing that I find irritating. <laughs> like th that's what I'm trying to say about some of these rotations. It's just like, uh, okay, so what did you find out about Boogie Cousins in these playoffs from yes. this? <laughs> God damn. Like, I, I mean, no, seriously. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. You're totally right. Um, speaking of a big who was effective, Zubats, effective when needed. Yes. Uh, 11 he points. He was great. Six boards. Three assists. His hustle really helps draw fouls. Led the game in blocks. Yes. Um, huge block on Clarkson, which was a good time. Um, basically, the defense on everyone other than Bohan and Donovan Mitchell was great. Uh, Gobert only had six field goal attempts, which is fantastic. He had, I think he had none in the first half. Um, we also didn't hunt out Bohan enough. Right, for sure. And the defense did tail off in the second half, which I, I got to chuck up to fatigue. Um, you know, it just like... I mean, Jordan Clarkson, he got his 18, but he what, he was shot 33%. Like, there's there's just signs of some good stuff. And, like, the rebounding... The rebounding early looked great. We were So we were basically being a bunch of mosquitoes around Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to see that. And when Kawhi isn't in foul trouble early, which was an issue because of yeah. the refs, um, I'm excited to see that. 
in game two. I, I I talked about in the game preview, like I would be looking at total rebounds and second chance points. Yeah. We ended up losing total rebounds. It was very close. I think it was like three total boards, but we did end up winning second chance points. Once again, it was a narrow margin, but still a margin. When is win? Uh, and the <clears> rebounding <throat> just kind of fell apart in the second half. But hey, uh, how, I mean, the team visibly hit a wall in the third. Yeah, how are we feeling? I, I mean, 24 like, hours uh, from the time we're recording this to recording the recap of game two. How are we feeling? All in all, pretty good. I mean, the thing is that's disappointing is that like early on, it did feel like a good opportunity to kind of like get a nice, I don't want to say easy, but like get a like a get a non Conley win. Yeah, get yeah get a non Conley win on the road, hostile territory. I mean that sets a great tone for the series. Um, but you know, like we kept it close, and overall we played well. I I, I just hope that we sort of. I, I just hope that we glean some some matchup information from from that game. I think what I'm looking for most in game two, other than Paul George mm-hmm. um, showing up, figuring it out from the beginning, is how Tyloo responds to this game. I have it's I have faith that he learned some stuff 100 percent because we've seen him learn things a whole bunch this season about what works and what doesn't work. He's not afraid to try things. And if this sounds like a repeat, we said the exact same thing after game one at home Absolutely. against Dallas. So I'm I'm looking at Ty Lue in game two. Yeah. I I did not mean for that to rhyme, but it's an unfortunate instance that it did, and we're here now. We're gonna be talking uh Clippers fans' expectations before game one. We asked this question. But for now, we gotta give a shout out. Uh, to Michelob Ultra. I'm enjoying a club right now as we record this. They're good. As everyone knows, joy creates success. And this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Ohio's own Mr. Basketball 2004-2014? One of those years. It's not 2004. It's not 2004. Uh, highest scoring Ohio, uh, Ohio high school basketball player of all time. And Los Angeles Clipper, Luke Kennard. Yes. This is definitely the first time that he's been the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week on this show. Um, and he deserves it. He was inserted into the lineup in Game 6 versus the Mavs, which a lot of people were like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, he was huge in Game 7, wildly efficient. You love to see it. And versus the Jazz in Game 1, he was his fi- we needed his efficiency. Absolutely. His spacing was there. It was great. He, he got a bucket a too for a tired team. 100%. Um, hair still needs a little bit of work, but he'll get that figured out. It's going to be interesting to see his impact as the season goes. How will Tyloo use him? There's going to be a couple people in Ohio who are upset if he doesn't get more playing time. So let's hope Tyloo doesn't read Twitter. Right now, he's been clutch for the clips. Let's hope he can keep it going when he gets time. We always know that he's going to stay ready because he's been fantastic at this all year. Will his good play keep up? Who knows? What we do know is that Michelob Ultra has just 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Hey, what a day. Wonder which Clippers player will be next week's Ultra Player of the Week. You got to listen. Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Now, Will, talk to me about how I can talk to other people about talking about sports. Hey, now that we're clubbed up, let's talk sports. <laughs> the best place to do it is Locker Room. Got to shout out the Locker Room app. It's the only live, audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Locker Room is a free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and other games. 
Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with the whole Locked On Network and have a chance to be featured on podcasts. Wow, can you can you imagine? What a day. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow at Locked On NBA to be notified when the room goes live. Come with your spiciest takes. All right, welcome to What You Say Wednesday. Hey, hey. what did you say? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this one, uh, we asked Clipper Nation on Twitter before game one how they think this series will go. A lot of confidence. The question was, do you think the Clippers will beat the Jazz in round two? The options were yes in five games, yes in six games, yes in seven games, and no, I do not. I feel like that was the politest way. Yeah. To do that. Um, just like the Mavs poll. Oh, wait, no, actually not just like the Mavs poll. Excuse me. Unlike the Mavs poll, Clippers fans think this series is going to be a little more difficult. Overwhelming uh, winner in this was yes in six games. I still like the confidence. With 66%. Hey, they're still on track. No, no one's technically wrong yet. Um, that was number one with 66% of the vote. Yes in seven games was number two with 16% of the vote. And then yes in five and no, I do not split last place with 9%. I am kind of firmly in the yes in six camp. Five is the new sweep in the Western Conference as far as I'm concerned, if I'm oh, being yeah. totally honest. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think six makes total sense. And even after tonight, I'm still sticking with Clips in six. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's still possible. Game um, two is where my prediction changes if shit gets real weird. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. You have to, I, I mean, in the opening series, you have to go 50% on the road, and you have to win your both of your home games. Yes. Which is a tall order. I mean, they, the Clips would now have to win three games straight uh, <laughs> in order to <laughs> in order to flip Oof. home court. So, <laughs> I feel like I just smelled a bunch of wasabi. Like, whoa. <laughs> So we'll see how that ends up going. I, I mean, like, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you, um, but it just depends. You know, it, it's going to depend on what Conley looks like when he's back um, and his availability because, honestly, if he's not at 100% and he's taking the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands at times, I feel like that's great for the Clippers. That so. helps the Clippers, for sure. <laughs> Another person who we haven't really talked about because sometimes you do forget he's on the team, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka being back for this Clippers team it's not going to happen in game two. Nope. I, I can't see him. We're recording this at 11 p.m. on He's Tuesday not night. Traveling with I the can't team. see He's him flying over. Yeah. <laughs> he will not be in game um, If he can get back, we have no idea if he's close. We don't. No one really knows anything about this. But being down Serge Ibaka for this entire series is so much more difficult than being down Serge Ibaka last series. Yeah. You have seven whole games added on the guy's legs. You have the team playing kind of a little different, right? Yeah. There's not a stretch big exactly like Serge on the team right now. And I'm just, I, I hate to keep... I'm going to say this a bunch these next this next week or so, but, like, dude, the fatigue thing is so real. And, you know, with Bev's playing time and if Rondo's not being effective and we're seeing these weird kind of rotations with minutes, like, it's really going to start wearing on guys. We want Batum to play 40 because he can, but... I'm hoping it didn't happen too early. Yeah, so I don't think that it happened too early. I mean, you know, the truncated rest schedule in the second 
round. I mean, especially given all the injuries is absurd to me. Yes. Um, but I guess whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> we just have whatever. to deal. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Part of this game makes me wonder if it was a fatigue thing, uh, which I kind of hope is the case, versus Ty Lue sort of questioning the small ball lineup. Because I think Do you think part of it is him just fucking I, around? Maybe. I hate to pull that card, but like... Maybe, but sometimes I just think that we can overthink things, and it's just... It's, right. it's not a recipe for success. And it's like... That's when the line of messing like, around and thinking too hard is cross. And on even... <laughs> and like on even less rest... Right. Like the margins for error are, are, are even more narrow yeah. um, in terms of like that looseness of, you know, trying to... Especially two games on the road, too. It, yeah, trying to work out new rotations, um, trying to implement new sets. Like, the, you know, the margins for error are just even slimmer. Um, and I think that this is going to be a close series. Um, yes. I think that every game is going to end up being pretty close. Kind of close. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if every game's within five points. Yeah. Um... Don't call it a comeback on Twitter said, I think it's a very good matchup for the Clips and Six. I just really hope it's not seven because our team is a bit older and back-to-back seven-game series would be rough. Agreed. We've seen that time and time again. I think we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but that's a very fair point. Um, uh, I am, uh, DF Music said, I chose six, but it could be seven. Not discrediting the Jazz and what they can do, but if we're healthy and we use the right adjustments and we take out Gobert completely on D by spacing them out, we can end this series in six. So this is where it hinges, right? Like, so we effectively kind of did take Gobert out of this game a bit. Yeah. Offensively. Yeah. Defensively, he's still a bit of a force because he's Rudy Gobert and he's very good at defense. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we don't look back on this game and think this is when we should have stolen. Because we would have stolen this game. With the way that Paul George and Kawhi played in that first half, game one would have been firmly stolen. Yeah. From the Jazz. They yeah. could have filed a, a theft charge. But... I'm hoping for Marcus Morris to get uh, bigger. Um, Schwartzman on uh, Twitter said, I believe Marcus Morris will peak up where he left off last game and we will see more contribution from him from now on. I hope that happens. I hope he's not too affected by the fatigue. He did kind of have some injury stuff and things like that. And he was taking knocks and things like that over the year. So I really think, and like, I don't want to put, I don't want to, I don't know if this is a, a overconfident thing or whatever, but one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest eight balls the Clippers are behind is fatigue. Yes. Like, on paper, the teams match up very well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not exactly sure if it would come down to something other than fatigue. And if it is something other than fatigue, I think it goes to your point of maybe Tyler's rotations being a little wonky at first. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This one was an interesting game to play it kind of fast and loose and... Um, you know, it's interesting because I do feel like Utah kind of made a big deal in the press leading up to this, that the Clippers had chosen this matchup, which, I mean, I guess is true. I mean, I think it's absolutely it is, true. I think is true. Um, so I oh, hope, took 21 shots. <laughs> I know. In that <laughs> final game. So yeah, I, I mean, I hope that we're not getting ourselves into a situation where we think we can be too comfortable because I mean, you know. We've brought up the fatigue now, and I mean the umpteenth time. Yeah, uh, you know, and and the margins, like I said, are just getting slimmer and slimmer. So, I think that uh, you know, thinking that you can play it fast and loose is is maybe the wrong mindset. 
which I think is kind of that fast and loose mindset goes back to why I was so concerned about Rondo's minutes in game one. Yeah. Felt like it was kind of like, man, this is a playoff game. Like, let's not be hucking the, like, it just. He was, from a plus minus perspective, the worst player on the bench. So, (laughs) yeah, and there's some anomalies in there, you know, it's it's certainly not the only stat to go on, but uh, yeah, to my eye, uh, it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a plus contribution. It was not. Coming up, we're going to be talking Terrence Mann and how everyone needs to go show him some love, as well as how the MVP voting is stupid. Uh, but first, Will, if I wanted to say I have a knot in my leg. You need therapy. That's also kind of like a gun. Don't let the stress Hell of yeah, da- <laughs> don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. You need Theragun. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension free. <laughs> you good, dude? You just trying to make it through the day? <laughs> I am, and Theragun helps. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Wow. Wow. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's something for <laughs> the Theragun. you guys out there. <laughs> there's something for the Theragun Gen 4 for you. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharpova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Wow, that's not bad. That's not bad. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Okay, I'm relaxed. I've eased my tension. How can I make some good financial decisions? It's time to throw some money on some sports, buddy. And you should do that at Bet Online. Uh, .ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, and the WNBA are in full swing. Go win some money. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all capital letters, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, so we're back with shavings and leading things off. Come on, now. The fans out there did a bad job. <laughs> Terrence Mann had to turn off his Instagram comments due to people it's being mean. being terrible. What's, what's, what's people's problem? Come on. Um, Terrence Mann is awesome. Uh, those people being mean suck. He had his best year as a pro for the Clippers. He took an unreal leap. Um, Come on. To, from where he started the season to where he is now, it's like a different player. He's doing the, great. I hope the Mann fan maybe listens to us. Maybe only the third segment. That makes sense. Um, he was huge for the Clippers in Game 7. I just... This goes to a larger point of one of the things that... Not to get too real for a second that disappoints me about NBA fandom 
is that there is an accepted level of toxicness that is just like kind of what an NBA fan is that the baseline for is so much, I don't know if higher or lower is the right term, but you know what I'm saying. What about soccer? All right, well, that's a whole different, <laughs> that's an international beast, I guess. Um, but for the NBA, like like NBA Twitter is very much part of being an NBA fan, mm-hmm. which is bad. That is an overall net negative because Twitter overall is a net negative and literally designed so you can put out negative thoughts easier than positive thoughts. That's why you can only put out a certain amount of characters. Yeah. And I think there's this whole culture of like receipts culture where it's like, oh, you thought... Like Rondo had three good games for the Clippers when he first started and everyone was like bagging on like me and a lot of other people like, looks like everyone was wrong about Rondo. And it's like, man, like even if we are wrong about Rondo... Give it some time. Yeah. Give it more than three games. Or things like this. Terrence Mann makes one miscue in a game and then has a bounce back game right after that. And it's just this thing of like, oh, I got him. Yeah. It's the gotcha-ness of NBA fandom that I think makes it a little more toxic. Yeah. Just be nice to each other out there. Just be nice. Yeah. It can be competitive. Yeah. You can be competitive. Hey, talk trash. You have a fun time. But don't be an idiot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of idiots... <laughs> <laughs> the fans is, is this the fans so derrick rose received more mvp votes than paul george and Kawhi combined uh also we have no problem with Jokic should have won the mvp award oh yeah yeah, yeah i mean um, i think i think 91 first place votes honestly isn't enough for him it's one. pretty indicative of how good he was but yeah uh derrick rose got a first place vote because it's like the fan cumulative vote which what which, you know, you play in a bigger Why market. Why does that even exist? Look, ask someone in a small market, which is Los Angeles. These players who play in these big markets, like, you know, can't even say it with a straight face. Um, but the the one fan MVP vote that somehow counts does. As a first place vote? It's insane. No less? It's, it makes like it's not no, a fifth place makes vote? no sense. And, like, I mean, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, PG, no first place vote. It's just, like... Goofy couple of days for NBA fandom from uh, from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean I don't even know what to do with this. Like I I don't want to bag on the media or anything because that's not mm, that's not what I'm about. But this I don't know. I just don't feel like the, I I feel like once again I I mean there was the best player, there was a couple of players close to there, and then there's like some weird narrative stuff. That somehow detracts from players who were really, really great during the regular season. Right, for sure. And you know, maybe Kawhi wasn't top three. You could certainly like view his games played or whatever. Um, and you know, some of the other options that were on the Clippers. Uh, but it's still kind of I don't know. Whatever. It's whatever. Whatever. But, but you know what? We're gonna be bringing you the Clippers news five days a week. Closing this one out. Thursday's episode preview a game two. Versus the Jazz in Utah. Salt Lake City, to be exact. Uh, Thirsty Thursday, round two edition for the playoffs. This was probably going to be honestly mostly focused on Ty Lue and Paul George. Yeah. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, if someone were to stop you on the street and say, you look like you might host a podcast, which is fair. That sounds rude. Fair. Where would you tell them that that hosted podcast could be listened to? Uh, you can check the, you can check this podcast out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. It works. 
It's great. Uh, as we mentioned up top, we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We would love to have your listen. We absolutely would. I have been and will remain positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am and always <laughs> are William the Opinion sure. Updike.